The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sport Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State straight restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December 20th, currently 1141 on the East Coast. Here to recap the action from last night in the NBA on Monday night and get into the five-game schedule on Tuesday evening. And here to help me break it all down First, you know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how's it going, my man? Doing pretty well. Uh, Had a nice sweep yesterday. Uh, Even gave out a huge, massive uh, prop with Sabonis, 20-plus rebounds at plus 850, and he had 16 in the first half. He slowed down in the second half. I wanted to see 30, but unfortunately, (laughs) he uh, only finished with 23. But taking opposing centers against the Hornets is basically stealing. Shout out to the Hornets, though. Nice win for them on the road. But Sabonis did me a solid, and that was my lock at 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Uh, That's just funny in itself. But I had the Timberwolves as my dog, and they ended up beating up on the Mavericks. I don't know how Dallas was favored. There was a chance Luka wasn't going to play. He did not in the end, but they're terrible on the road. And Minnesota looks a lot better with Rudy Gobert not being there. I'll just put it that way. Edwards has been very good. Nas Reed's been good as a center. But Dallas laying on the road, that can't happen. So I had a nice sweep. Uh, who would have thought the Timberwolves are doing better without Rudy Gobert on the floor? Who would have thought? But, yeah, Sabonis absolutely crushed it yesterday. Um, you know, you and I were going back and forth on text message about, I think he almost had, what, 10 in the first quarter, and I think he already cleared yeah. it by halftime. He had nine that in the was, first quarter. He had 16 in the first half. Yeah, so stress-free, probably the easiest bet all season uh, here on the NBA pod, and he finishes at, what, 20, I think? Um, he had 23, 23 rebounds, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I know a lot of guys in the uh, the Discord channel also cash with us. So glad uh, you were able to give that out, Scott. But also joining us here on the Tuesday pod, it's Delante Smith. What's going on, Delante? How you feeling, my man? Uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, just not an interesting slate of sort, but that's just what we get on Tuesdays. But uh, other than that, seeing if we can make some money tonight. Uh, like Scott, I had the Timberwolves last night uh, playing way better basketball without – that paint being clogged, uh, Nas Reed stretching the floor. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, I got the Hornets plus money. Um, well, not plus money, but I got them plus a 10 and a half last night. I thought that was a bad spot. Uh, well, a good spot for uh, New Orleans. Um, I mean, for not New Orleans. I'm thinking for Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Either way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, other than that, ready to go. Yeah, a lot of action last night. Uh, some good basketball. We saw Luca get ejected last night, <clears throat> and Jason Kidd. Uh, Timberwolves, like Scott said, looking a lot better without um, Rudy Gobert on the floor. 
Uh, it's not going to be for that much longer. So yeah, get used to it. Yeah. Um, anything else that kind of caught our eye last night? As far as my picks went last night, I had Donovan Mitchell to get 35 as my dog. That one didn't come home. He, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers blew out the Utah Jazz last night, 122-99, got a 23-point victory there. Um, and then I had the Phoenix Suns as my dog. Oh, sorry, as my lock yesterday at minus 10. We thought that Devin Booker would play last night, uh, but he ended up sitting. But DeAndre Ayton played last night for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, a nice return for him. But then I think, Scott, you and I discussed that LeBron would probably sit out for this game, and he did end up sitting. Um, and then also we already know about AD. Some more AD news came down this morning. Not not looking good for Lakers fans, as it was already bad for them already. But Westbrook also ended up sitting Kept it competitive within maybe the first six minutes of that quarter to the Lakers, but eventually the Phoenix Suns, uh, just too much for the Lakers uh, to handle in that game. They get the victory 130-104 in that game. Um, I had a question about that game, by the way. If your team loses by roughly 30, but you get to do a too small celebration to Chris Paul in the third quarter, does that count as a moral victory or no? <laughs> whatever helps them. Whatever helps Pat Bev sleep at night, Scott. Okay. Just one. He, just, he hate. He hates Chris Paul. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He probably hates Chris Paul more than anybody hates any other human being on this earth. But no if you really what. think about it, he's made so many comments about how you know he's not a great player and how Chris Paul's easy to guard. It was kind of like hearing Duran talk about Sabonis like last week. And he's like, oh, this guy, he's so easy to guard. You look at the numbers, and he gets torched every time he faces off against this guy. Chris Paul's owned him for like his entire career. And yet, Pat Bev keeps trying to dismiss him. I still think a game six in the Western Conference Finals where Chris Paul basically went for 40 and they clinched the series. Chris Paul went for 28 points. I, I know that Chris Paul is one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's easily a top five point guard ever. But at this stage in his career, he's not exactly a scorer. Pat Bev, if you're going to kind of talk crap while you're down 20, can you at least not give up 28 points to a borderline fossil? <laughs> Just saying. Like if you pride yourself on being a defensive player who's like very solid on that end, you can't be getting torched by roughly 40-year-old Chris Paul. That can't happen. He, he he's always getting torched. His his defense has always been pretty much overrated. He's just running around out there. Yeah, that's it. He's not doing anything. Right. He's just running around out there not doing anything. Exactly. That's probably the exactly. other exactly. That's probably the other uh I'd say combination of guy that hates the other guy more than Pat Bev against Chris Paul. Yeah. Might be Westbrook against Pat Bev. Uh, of course, Isaiah Thomas against Jordan probably takes the cake because Isaiah <laughs> still hates him and they're about 40 years removed. But still, <laughs> I do think if you want to talk about the, like the most hated uh, player in the mind of one player, it's either Pat Bev hating on Chris Paul or Westbrook hating on Pat Bev. It's one of the two. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be funny if, it, if ever those three guys got on the same team. Not ever going to happen. I think Chris Paul would retire if that yeah, happened. Yeah, Chris Paul would <laughs> probably might. just run away, hide in the closet. Um, anything else that kind of stuck out to you guys last night? Delonte, I'll start with you as far as uh, the games that we haven't really touched on here. Uh, SGA ruining uh, Dame's um, passing of Claude Drexler was pretty oh, interesting. Yeah. That was a really good game. Um him versus Dame was was really good basketball. Like mm-hmm. that, that was. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see like what the Thunder do, um, with in the future. Like with all those picks and how those guys are playing together right now. They don't even have Chet yet, um, and that's just really intriguing to me. Um, the Spurs just they start with their. Uh, I guess they play two good games, uh, like every two weeks, and then they go back and lose six or seven. Uh, De- Devin Vassell. I think that's going to be a good pickup if they're looking to move him. I'm not sure if they are, but if they, you know, if they 
do look to you know tank fully. Um, I think that'll be a good piece for somebody to get. Uh, other than that, I mean Giannis and Zion was pretty good last night. Um, but I was really glued to that uh, OKC Portland game. Uh, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that if you guys had turned into it. Yeah, when SGA got ruled in, this was way after the pod uh, we recorded yesterday. Um, I had really liked the over when SGA got ruled in, and I, I played it, and that one, you know, cashed fairly easy, especially with the amount of points that they put up in that third quarter last night, 69 points. Uh, the game ended up 121-123. But, you know, Shea is <laughs> – the unfortunate part is is that he's in a market where nobody really cares about it. nobody is really watching unless you're a Oklahoma City Thunder fan, right? And we're not mm-hmm. and true basketball fans are are going to tune in to watch him play because he's just so good. And I think Delonte, you're right. It's going to be interesting to see what OKC does uh, with SGA with all the picks that they do have with Chet hopefully coming back next year, um, and if they do have another what top three top five pick. Uh, Shit, they got. I, they should have about four or five top twenty picks. If, yeah, uh, with that with that haul that they brought in. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that if they do end up with, you know, a a top three pick where their record ends up, I think this might be the year where they kind of have to go all in and and trade some of those picks to get that number one pick or number two pick if they prefer. You know, whether it's Victor Wembanyama or whether it's Scoot Henderson or some of these guys that are going to be coming out of. Uh, the college ranks, but yeah, okay. See, they, they have some pieces there. It's just about now putting it all together. And I think it starts with Shea. Um, mm-hmm. And again, if they want to keep him around for the future or not, but Scott, I know you were tweeting a lot about SGA last night. What were your thoughts about him? Well, I think he's basically untradeable, uh, which is I think warranted at this point. Now, mm-hmm. okay. See, we can talk about potentially competing for a top uh, three pick or a top two pick or whatever you want to call it. Truth is, I think they're too good right now. And it sounds crazy because they're five games under. But in reality, if you look around the league and you're assuming this upcoming, you know, trade deadline period, teams are going to be punting. I'm assuming the Wizards are about to trade half their team. Uh, You're looking at the Spurs, who are obviously terrible. Houston's Mm -hmm. not very good either. You Mm -hmm. can go down the league. Detroit, I didn't even mention. They've been better lately, but the record stinks and Cade's out for the year. Yeah. OKC's not going to be bad enough to finish with a top three record if Shea's going to play 60-plus games. It's just not yeah. going to happen. So They're going to shut them down like they always do. They could shut them down like normal, or you could just say OKC's got so many picks, you hope they can package a couple of them and give a godfather offer. The problem is I don't think whoever gets the number one pick would be willing to even trade the number one pick for a godfather offer because Wembenyana is automatic hype to your team, that might not be warranted. I mean, you're looking at the worst landing spot imaginable, let's say (laughs) San Antonio, because nobody cares about San Antonio. They haven't for the last five, 10 years. But if they suddenly get Wimbanyama, suddenly your attendance might dramatically grow. Suddenly you might become a more attractive free agent destination. So I think Wimbanyama is basically, the number one pick is basically an untradeable commodity because of what the future holds with Wemby and how the sky is... Is, the ceiling is really just, you know, the sky at that point. Like, I, I feel like you have to kind of just take Wembenyama, see what happens, and you get to capitalize either for jersey sales, attendance, or whatever else you want to look at it for the hype. And I feel like for that reason, OKC might be, I can't say screwed because they're better than anticipated, but you get my point. I don't think they're in the series running for yeah. Wembenyama unless one of the other picks they have 
turns out to be a top three pick or if they get really lucky in the lottery and they win it with like 8% chance to win or whatever the number is going to be. But based on OKC right now, if Shea plays like 60 games, they're not finishing with a bottom four record in the league. They're just not right. going to happen. There's yeah, going to be taking teams around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How do you think he? F- oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Delonte. I just want to wonder, like, how does I wonder how Shea feels about just being shut down for basically an entire second half of the season, not being able to play competitive ba- or even basketball. Period. Uh, I wonder how that makes him feel. And he's he's fairly young. What is he like? 27, 28 years old. He's got to be younger. No, he's got to be younger than that. Really? Been, he was in I mean, uh, like, he was in Kentucky for I think one year. So I'm assuming he's yeah, around 24. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, tw- it was 24, yeah, he's 25. 24. He's 24. Yeah. So like, and he's not even playing for this. Is, if this happens this year, this would be the second year that he'd be shut down at the end of the season. I think. It would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might be the third year, honestly. But yeah, the, like, first so I, year, I, the first year he might have been injured, so I'm not yeah. sure. Second year was clearly just half fabricated. They could have brought him back, but why bother? But it's interesting because on one hand, you know, you're a competitor and you've been playing basketball your entire life and you want to be out there, especially on the highest level when you've made it this far. On the other hand, you're looking at OKC's long-term plan and you could tell Shea, we just gave you a bunch of money or we're going to give you a bunch of money. He signed an extension, right? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. So he's there for the long haul. They gave him a bunch of money. And I'm sure the dollar bills can be used as tissues. So I think he'll manage either way. But I do think it's annoying when you're just an absolute you know, unit out there. They can't stop you. You're in line for an award to win most improved. I still don't know if that's the definition of most improved. But either way, the point is he's favored to win an award. And yet the team is just going to say, you know what? You're so good you're hurting our future, so we have to bench you. Like, it's a really weird kind of paradox there. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that he's going to play at least 50 or 60. Once again, I don't think that any of Adam Silver's threats against tanking are going to do anything. You can argue that if they sit Shea for 20-something games, maybe they'll get fined a million dollars or two. The problem is the franchise is probably worth – Two point something billion, so nobody really cares mm-hmm. about a million dollar fine. But I don't know what else you're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. I think to answer your question about OKC and with Wemby, I think Shea makes them too good to seriously be in the sweepstakes for a number one pick unless they get lucky in the lottery. Yeah, they could. Um, I guess if they sit him, they can get more from, I guess, see the Jalen Williams uh, experiment. I like Jaylen, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. I yeah. like I like him a lot. Uh, like, I feel like he's versatile. He can do a lot of things. But I feel like they have uh, – they got, like, Lou Dort in the way. I know they just paid him. I'm, I'm not really a fan. Not I really think Dort's a fan of fine. Him. I just think that people overrate him because of how much usage he had the one year they were tanking, and right. Dort became – the yeah, only that's shooter what I mean. on the yeah. team. Yeah, like right. offensively, he's not just, great. Defensively, yeah. he's very good. Obviously, yeah. yeah it just, I, but I like I like Jalen Williams. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, like, if they you know try to get those guys on the floor and maybe try to move a couple of them, or I don't know. I mean, I just feel like they have a lot going on and a lot of decisions pretty much going to have to be made between now and uh, the draft this year. Whatever pick you end up getting, if it's not Wemby, just draft a center. 
please. Yeah. Like, like just please. No, like, don't I, draft a center. We could keep I, crashing on our rebound. I know, but Robinson, <laughs> Robinson Earl's injured, and now you're throwing out Pokashevs. You really don't. You haven't had a center for three years. Like, yeah. Come on. You got, you got to pick somebody. Yeah, well, they can get Aiden. Uh, no, I'm saying Aiden Hutchison. They can get uh, the guy. Aiden's a possibility if they want to trade some of the picks. But yeah, for Michigan, you know. Uh, you know. I mean, it's, it's oh, a decent amount of Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson yeah. yeah. It could be. It's, it's a lot of big men that are. Um, that are coming out this year. Uh, just I'm not sure how high they will go. Take Timmy with a second round pick. <laughs> I think Timmy's going to be back at Gonzaga, but uh, for the twelfth year. Yeah, I think he has another year, doesn't he? Yeah, he Take does. That's what I thought. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, all right, guys. Anything else from last night before we get into the games for tonight? Uh, nope. Good. Um, no, I, I think <clears throat> the only other takeaway I would have would probably be. Uh, well, we are talking briefly about the Bucks game, uh, but shout out to Valanchunas, who we thought would play well. We didn't exactly expect 38 points, but shout out to Valanchunas. Uh, it's Orlando for me. I thought they potentially got robbed yesterday. I wasn't sure if that shooting foul on Murray was actually a shooting foul or not, but ended up resulting in the loss. But Orlando was down double digits with about five minutes to go or so, and they came back and took a lead. And I feel like this Orlando team continues to be disrespected. I thought it was embarrassing by the odds makers that they made Atlanta a seven and a half point favorite. I don't care who is coming back. I'm not laying seven and a half with Atlanta. And Orlando's a team that even on the road, their overall record's not great. But you're looking at how hard they play and how competitive they are game in, game out for this past two week stretch. They're a very they're a very talented team. I don't think that yeah. they're amazing by any means, they but are. you're looking at them for value against the spread. Yep. I'm impressed by this team. I think this team's not that bad. What are the odds of Boncaro making third team All NBA? What do you think? Third team, I think, is a bit of a stretch. I'm trying yeah. to think. First of all, what position will we put him at? Would he be one of the forwards? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah he would have he to be one forward, of the forwards. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be competing with Tatum. You're going to be competing with potentially LeBron if you want to make that argument for the no, legacy yeah, angle. No, I don't yeah. think it's going to be LeBron, but I'm saying, I mean, you still have Jimmy Butler's missed a bunch of games, but you're going through the actual forwards in the league. There's a lot of depth. I don't think he'd be good enough to make an All-NBA team in his rookie season. I think he would be there probably in year two, year three. He's a shoo-in to win Rookie of the Year if he stays healthy. I think that's yeah. the consolation prize. Mm-hmm. He'll be, of course, all-rookie first team. All-NBA. Yeah, I was a just looking bit, at I was going to say, I, I think he's had a good year. I just think there's a little bit too much depth at that position for him to actually win it. You can give it to Sabonis. Sabonis could be an All-NBA first yeah, an all yeah, NBA team yeah. guy. Ultimately, so. I think just the team's uh, failure to – to win games is going to give it like if they were winning games, uh, maybe he'd have a, a somewhat of an outside chance. But being it's that tricky because you can say yeah. Shea's a first team guy and his team's five games under. Luke is yeah, probably true. a first team guy and his team's roughly around 500. But yeah, that's true. I just think since there's no center position and since it's only by forward, basically, that hurts him because he's competing with Embiid. And Jokic and all these other centers, even like Bam at a bio, if you want to like stretch it out a little bit. I don't think he's an all NBA guy this year. I think he will be in the future. Fair enough. But he'll win he'll win rookie of the year. That's a no brainer. Yeah. He's like what up to minus five hundred now for rookie of the year. Should be more. I mean, the yeah, only it, should way be like, it should be like fifty thousand. The only way he doesn't get it is if he gets hurt. Yeah. But I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get into the Tuesday night schedule here, guys, let me tell you guys on where you can get down on the bets that we will be giving out. And that's going to be over at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. 
Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Limit estate availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 words or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to, to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. All right, gentlemen, let's get into this Tuesday schedule in the NBA. Um, Let's lead it off here with the first game of the night. That's going to be the Utah Jazz headed to the Motor City to take on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, This line opened up in favor of the Utah Jazz, a minus three and a half. That number has been bet down to minus two and a half. Uh, Total opened up at 233. That number has been bet down to 229 and a half. Uh, Seeing some 230s out there as well. Uh, Checking the injury report for both of these teams. Utah did play yesterday in Cleveland, so they do have that extra time to submit that injury report. For the Detroit Pistons, uh, we know about Cade Cunningham missing the rest of the season, and Isaiah Livers is going to be missing the next couple weeks with a right shoulder strain. Uh, talked about it last night. Utah did get dubbed uh, in Cleveland, 122-99 uh, behind uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell in that game. And looking at the ATS numbers for both of these teams, uh, Utah on back-to-back so far this season, they're 5-3 and three against the spread in those games, 5-3 uh, and three towards the under on the road so far this year, 9-8 and eight overall against the spread. They are 0-2 as a road favorite. Detroit, on the other hand, 7-7-1 seven, seven and one at home this season, 6-7-1 as home underdogs this season as well. They are 9-4-1 to the over as home underdogs this year. But Delante, let me start with you on this game. Uh, The Detroit Pistons welcoming the Utah Jazz to town in a game where maybe Bogdanovich has some revenge on his mind here tonight. Yep, that's uh, that's probably going to be one of my plays, actually. Um, so, But, uh, yeah, last matchup, um, it was back in maybe like a month ago, I think. It was maybe a month ago. Utah played with no Conley or uh, Rudy Gay. Uh, Malik Beasley had a crazy night, 29-11-5. Uh, Clarkson had 24. Uh, Bogdanovich, he actually had tw- – he, he didn't play as well. Um, he still had 20. Him and Knox led the way with 20. Uh, total went over 241. It was 241 points scored in that game. The Pistons covered it. I think they won outright as 11.5-point underdogs. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the Pistons have been playing well. 5-4-1 uh, uh, last 10 ATS. Um, but I think this is a good spot for Utah – Personally, I mean, I know they're coming off the back-to-back, but they have a lot of depth, and I think they'll be able to pretty much run the floor and be able to get what they want in transition. Uh, Detroit is not that good in transition. Um, they have allowed – Detroit has allowed 120 points, 120-plus points in the last four games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be bad news whenever you're facing a Utah team who likes to run second in offensive rating. Um they also shoot the three well, ninth in three-point percentage. Uh, 
Uh, Matchup-wise, I think I like Utah a lot better than Detroit, although Detroit has been playing you know, a lot better basketball. It's just that I don't think they have the horses other than Bogdanovich to be able to withstand some of the stuff that Utah is going to do in the in transition and as well as the half court. Yeah, I, I was looking at this game, and I think the couple things that did stand out to me was Detroit uh, defensive rating. And at mm-hmm. home, over the last five games, uh, they are number 28 out of 30 teams as far as defensive rating at 123.7. And for whatever reason, they, they play better defense on the road, 114.3 over the last five games. So, and like you mentioned, this team just has not been very good defensively, um, have the Detroit Pistons. Utah, on the other hand, also defensively, they've been struggling a little bit as well. Uh, at home this season, Utah is a top 10 over the last five games as far as defensive rating. But on the road so far this year, uh, or at least over the last five games, uh, Utah is uh, number 25 out of 30 teams uh, as far I'll, as I'll give them a rating. little bit of leeway though, because you're looking at their schedule. They played Cleveland, Milwaukee, New Orleans twice in Denver. I mean, that's not yeah. exactly a, an easy schedule there, especially yes. defensively yeah. when you're basically against an MVP candidate or close to it every night. So yeah. they're not a good defensive team in Utah. I like the over in this game. Uh, yes. We saw in the first meeting and got into the two forties, mm-hmm. Utah on the road laying points. I know is a serious concern because they've not been good as a favorite so far this season. However, I know they're on a back to back. I do like Utah in the spot. It's a revenge angle for what happened earlier this season when they lost. They also got embarrassed last night. So I'm assuming the coaching staff probably chewed out the players a bit and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they show up motivated. But as you said, Detroit can't guard anybody. Yeah. And I think if you're going to expect points, I'll take the team that's better offensively with more scoring depth. Yep. Markinen over. I think Markinen has a very good game. You're yep. looking at how the Pistons have really defended recently, and they haven't. Uh, Durant went for basically 40. I think him and Kyrie combined for 81 points, I think. Yes. Yeah, uh, right. So they're not guarding any superstars, and Laurie's been really good. Clarkson might go for 30 tonight. He's been great lately. He's I'm gonna go shoot Utah. Yeah, I'm going to go Utah. <laughs> They got embarrassed against Cleveland. It happens. Cleveland's a great home team. But I feel like it's a good spot for them to get revenge. Give me Utah. I respect the fact Detroit's been more competitive. They're still not a good team at all. Utah's got more talent. And if if uh, a Linux out, you have room protection with Kessler. So I'll go with Utah on the over. Yeah, Utah, uh, actually both of these teams are not very good at defending the paint. Uh, 28th are the Detroit Pistons, and Utah is dead last far as defending the paint uh but yeah i agree with scott about what you said there that i think offensively it's just gonna be too much for detroit to handle and how bad this defense has been uh i like the over in this game and i also do like uh the jazz in this game as well probably look at a jazz team total to go yep. over in this game i mm-hmm. think they flex their muscles a little bit uh in this game here tonight uh player props we're looking at scott i know you already mentioned mcdonovich uh jordan clarkson was also mentioned by any other guys we we're looking at in this game Lori Mark, i know we talked about yesterday as well well, I got all these pointed out. I'm looking at Duran rebounds for Detroit. Uh, he's yeah. been a really good rebounder since he became the starter. Uh, to look at his numbers over the last couple of games, he's played at least uh, 30 minutes in each of the last – He's sorry, he's played at least 29 minutes in each of the last three games. He's had 11-plus rebounds in each of them. Uh, to go through the rebounding numbers over the last six, 11, 14, 19, 13, 12, 13. Guy's a rebounding machine. I'll take his over in rebounds. Maybe double-double. I will acknowledge his offensive game is still very raw, but the rebounds I like, I'll take the over for Duran rebounds. Yep, I like that as well. Uh, Utah, 
Um, as far as rebounding, they're number 23 opponent rebounding, I should say, uh, 23 out of 30 teams this season. So I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to see what the number is for the rebounds. Uh, uh, I have a 10 and a half. Doesn't that feel a little short? I mean, he's kind of yeah. been walking into a much larger number for the last week and change, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to see what double double is. I know was, I just mentioned how his points aren't great, but double doubles plus 235. Yeah, he'll catch a few lobs. Uh, they're probably there. This is for the points, yeah. Free throw line a bit, yeah. but I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious. But I feel like for a guy who's been walking into 10 plus rebounds, if you're going to get plus 230 and change for double double, that might be worth a bit of a flyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Delonte, any player props you like in this game? Uh, I mean, we talked about Bogdanovich. Uh, I don't. I didn't see any Malik Beasley props when I was looking, but I would be looking at his threes. Uh, he's had four plus and six of the last seven. He had a bad night last night. Shot one of ten uh, from the field, one of nine from three. Uh, a couple things to piggyback off you guys. I know um, you said you like the team total. I, I like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, both half court and full court, basically transition. Uh, Utah is top five in points per possession in the half court and in transition. And in both of those categories, uh, Detroit is 29th. The 29th in points per points per possession allowed uh, in the half court and 29th in uh, points allowed per 100 possessions in transition. So I think Utah, no matter if they want to get it in the half court or get it in transition, I think they'll be able to do whatever they want um, on this Detroit defense as we highlight it. And uh, as far as Laurie, I had a I had a I had a like basically. I was looking at his under. I, I was looking at him under simply because I think Detroit has s- some physical bodies like Duran, uh, Stewart, and a couple of those guys. I want to see how he plays uh, with the physicality between those guys. Not saying that they can guard him on the perimeter, but I'm, I'm just interested to see um, how he does against some physicality and more bodies being thrown at him because they're going to throw two or three guys at him. Yeah. Um, so I don't – Disagree with the over, but I was looking at the under. I probably won't play it, um, but I was that's something I was monitoring. So I want to see how it plays out uh, whenever this game starts out. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the first game on the T- on TNT here tonight. That's going to be the Golden State Warriors uh, headed to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. It's going to be a seven thirty Eastern start in this game. Um. Looking at the opening lines for this game, the Golden State Warriors are a five-point underdog uh, in this game. The New York Knicks open up as a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. That number has been bet up to minus five now. Total open up at 225. Money has come in on the under. That number is now down to 221-and-a-half. Still see some 222s out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Golden State Warriors, we know Steph Curry is going to be out. Dante DiVincenzo is uh, doubtful for tonight. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Clay Thompson are both probable, and Andrew Wiggins has been officially ruled out for the next couple games. For the New York Knicks, pretty clean injury report. Only significant name on there is Obi Toppin, who's dealing with a uh, head injury, I believe. So he will be out for this game against the Golden State Warriors. Scott, let me start with you on this game. The New York Knicks back at home hosting the Golden State Warriors, who are a five-point underdog in this game, are the Warriors. I I feel like this line is short, but I'm kind of wondering why it's so short. The Knicks have won seven straight. They have the longest winning streak in the league. The Warriors won one road game against Toronto recently, and Mm -hmm. we rose to Toronto in the past. They lost again yesterday to Philly. Toronto's fallen off a cliff. So I'm not sure if that win actually means much, 
But Golden State's still one of the worst road teams in the league. They're missing Steph, and the Knicks have played really good basketball. So I'm going to lean to the Knicks. I I can't tell how popular or how square that side's going to be. I'm assuming pretty square because Steph's not there, but Golden State still has a reputation. But I'm assuming most people will be on the Knicks. I like the Knicks here. I just feel like they're the much better team right now. Golden State, not very good. And DiVincenzo has been one of their better glue guys. And they don't play much defense to begin with. So I'm kind of concerned about the defense for Golden State. I also like the under, though. I'm going to back the line moves here. Golden State offensively should look a lot worse, especially with how the Knicks have played defensively. And the Knicks still, still don't like to run that fast in terms of pace. So I expect to see a, a slower-paced game, a bit uglier on both sides of the ball. I have a couple of pro, uh, player props I like, which I'll get into in a second, but I do lean to the Knicks and the under. Yeah, the Knicks, are, I believe, are the best uh, defensive-rated team at home this season, 97.1. But they're only um, like 7-7 seven and seven at home. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's the trade-off, well, I guess. Yeah, let me make sure I got that yeah, right. They, they don't have much of a – I mean, I, I'm sure Real pointed it out. Like, everybody – that Madison Square Garden is – I mean, it's a Knicks – you know, it's a good home court, but like it's kind of negated by players wanting to come in and just go insane mm-hmm. against, you know, in the garden. So it's kind of a it's kind of a wash between home court and players getting up to be in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and I see the comment section mentioning pool to go for twenty five and and a half to go over for thirty plus. You got to assume there's going to be some baddies courtside, right, at MSG. Oh yeah, I see. Uh, I seen pool at twenty seven and a half. I like him under actually. Okay. I mean, it's going to be inflated because he had 43. Yeah, yeah, game, that's, so. that's that's why, that's exactly why I took it. Cause yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry, uh, Knicks on the full season at home, uh, they are number 22, but they've been uh, really good over the last 15 games uh, at home where they uh, catapult all the way up to number seven as far as defensive rating. So, um, definitely want to keep that in mind. I, I do like the under in this game as well. Knicks are rolling right now. You know, Scott mentioned it. Uh, they're playing. They've won seven in a row. They're playing great basketball. It's the longest winning streak. Yeah, <laughs> and it seems like that Thibodeau has probably figured out the rotations that he was kind of playing with early in in the season. Um, I don't know if it's really been that. Quentin Grimes has been, you know, in that. I believe he's been in that starting lineup, and uh, yeah. IQ has been playing better as well. Um, Julius Randle has been doing better as well, except for at the end of the game. But and Mitchell, and Mitchell Robinson actually being healthy has definitely helped yeah. out the rim protection. Especially, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like the Knicks and the under. I'm right there with Scott in this game as well. Delonta, what do you got for this game as far as side in total? Yeah, I, lo- I love the Knicks. Um, I mean, we all know uh, Golden State's woes on the road, 4-13, and 13, ATS on the road. Uh, this is their fifth straight road game in in that road, uh, in, in that rodeo. They're 1-4 straight up in ATS. Um, they... I mean, other than other than Poole, with Wiggins being out and Kaminga, Kaminga is questionable, right? Kaminga is probable. Yeah. Probable, yeah. So he'll he only played play. five minutes last game, so yeah. I'm not sure how healthy he actually is, right. but he should be in uniform for this game. Right. So, but Clay's good to go. Yeah. 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 So I would rather I would look at Clay over rather than Poole simply because Poole's going to have to be more of an initiator of the offense. And I've seen somebody bring up his turnovers in the chat. I, pr- I like that as well, because mm-hmm. he's going to have the ball trying to facilitate more because, I mean, we all know Clay is not a facilitator by any means, but I think that um, Clay will pretty much be able to post up those smaller guards uh, like quickly uh, to a, to a lesser extent. Um, Brunson will be on him. Um, but the Knicks, I mean, they're just rolling right now. They're returning home from a two game road trip. Uh, well, really three, but you know they played the Bulls twice, so I guess 
I guess you can grade it how you want it, but they're allowing under 110 points in four of the last five games, so that bodes well for you guys under. Uh, the last matchup went under. It only had 212 total points, and Brunson didn't play well at all, so I look for him to bounce back. Uh, the Knicks had five in double figures in that last matchup as well. Um, like The Knicks, man, I – you know, you never want to get too high on the Knicks because they always let you down. I got a lot of Knicks. I got a lot of Knicks fans, uh, friends as Knicks fans, and I, I was, you know, poking around. I'm like, hey man, you know, the Knicks might be, you know, serious. They're playing good defense. They're tenth in net rating, uh, ninth in points per points allowed per 100 possessions, uh, top ten in effective field goal percentage and three point percentage allowed. And you know, they kind of don't want to hear it. Just trying to stay under the radar, but uh, I like what I like what New York is doing. I don't like what Golden State is doing, and I think that bodes well for a good spot uh, for the Knicks to get a couple of wins, seven, eight-point win. Yeah, um, I think that, number one, going back to the Jordan Poole turnovers, it is listed at three and a half for tonight, and he has had at least – uh, four four turnovers exactly in four straight games, and now you're going up against one of the better defensive teams. At least you know they've improved over the last 15 games or 10 to 15 games. Uh, I think they can give fits to uh, Jordan Poole here tonight. So I do love that call um, for the uh, Jordan Poole turnovers. Um, anything else for this game, Scott? You have anything else? Uh, yeah, a couple of player props. Yeah, uh, I know Delonte just mentioned he kind of likes Brunson to bounce back. I actually like the under on his points. It's at 24 and a half. I think the number is too high. Uh, yeah, if you go through, if you go through Brunson's last ten games, he scored less than twenty-four points in eight of those ten. And if you discount the overtime game against Chicago, mm-hmm. he only scored twenty-three in regulation of that game. Yeah. So he's actually gone under in regulation in nine of the last ten. And if you want to go for some fun trends here with Brunson, Brunson has played fourteen career regular season games against the Warriors. He's never gone. He's never gone to twenty. Never mm. happened. And if you want to include the playoffs last year, he got 31 once. He has scored less than 21 points in 18 of his 19 career games against Golden State. Now, I am aware his role on Dallas was a lot smaller than his role on the Knicks because Luka took a bunch of shots, and we already know how that worked out. But the yeah. point is, Golden State historically has been very good at guarding Brunson. Earlier this season, he went 2-for-13 in his first game with the Knicks against Golden State. But if you're going to go under 21 in 18 of 19 career games and your number's 24 and a half, as good as Brunson's been, he's still third on the team in shot attempts behind Randall and Barrett. So he kind of needs to have an extremely efficient game to go over. Yeah. And this number's just too high. I think Brunson could have a good game, but he's also yeah. a good facilitator. I think he could mm-hmm. potentially go for a sneaky eight assists in this game. But 24 and a half sounds way too high for the third leading shot attempter on a team that struggled historically against this particular matchup. I kind of like Brunson over. I just think 24 and a half is too high of a number. Uh, under, 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 sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think, yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll get to like 21 or 22, but 24 sure. and a half is just too high to me. Yeah. He could still have a good game and, you know, go 18, eight and four or, you mm-hmm. know, 20, 25 and five. Like that's, that's, that's what I would consider. I, I thought it was too high as well. Cause I was looking to take his over thinking it would be maybe, you know, 19 and a half. Uh, 20, 20, yeah. That's what at, I thought. You know, I saw 24 so, and a half. Yeah. I'm like, what do you, what do you have in your mind? I can't take right. that. And then they got Barrett lined at 22 and a half. So, I, I mean, one of, one of those guys, I mean, I think Barrett is likely to go over it simply because of the absence of Wiggins and mm-hmm. the, uh, I don't know how Kaminga is going to be used, but, you know, 
I think Barry is more in line to go over than Brunson is. Brunson could uh, Brunson is a sneaky double double tonight because he'll be facilitating a little bit more, getting those guys involved. Uh, the, the, we know the Warriors they can't defend. Um, they don't turn they don't turn people over the 29th in turnover percentage. Um, so you know I look for I would might look for a double double from Brunson. I think it's maybe like plus. 400 420 when i look it might be higher than that i, I gotta actually check that but see. that's kind of where I, that's kind of what i was thinking i said i just see eight assists in my mind so maybe yeah. something along those lines yeah. uh but if you're looking at his assist number uh it is currently at six and a half at plus yeah. 115 yeah so for him double double Plus, uh, six, uh, plus 650. Oh, plus man, 650. way off. Okay, yeah. yeah I, I thought it would be pretty high. It's worth but... a stab, yeah. What I do like about Brunson is his threes made, uh, one and a half uh, threes, or you just get it up, get it to two, and you probably can get better odds. I think it was minus 125 uh, over one and a half threes made. He's made two plus in the last three. Uh, he, he'll definitely get a lot of wide open looks with this Golden State defense. Um, so I would look at that and also yeah. look at um, Randall. Um, points, rebounds, and assists. It was at 38 and a half. The last I look, is that what you guys got? 38 and a half? Um, let me yeah, see. That's what I, this, that's what I see. Yeah, this this was this morning, so I just wanted to make sure they're mm. getting the right number. Yeah, he's hit it for the last five. He's also had a double-double in the last three games. They opened his double-double up at small plus money, plus uh, 105. I think now it's down to maybe like minus 103. Um, but I think Randall does it all in this game, especially with Draymond probably not Guarding him as much, I think he should be able to dominate in the paint. Uh, he should have, you know, another, another double double with you know four or five assists to that. So I think he can sky over that thirty eight and a half. All right, uh, all right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Chicago Bulls headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. It's going to be a, another seven thirty Eastern start in this game. This line opened up in favor of the Miami Heat at minus five and a half. Money has actually come in on the Chicago Bulls in this game. Uh, that number is now down to minus four and a half, uh, currently over on win bet. Total open about 224. That number has now been bet down to 223 uh, in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams to start here with the Chicago Bulls. Um, only significant name I see is Javante Green is questionable here tonight with right knee soreness. For the Miami Heat, uh, Jimmy Butler is probable here tonight. Um, and then also Dwayne Dedman is probable. And then three questionable tags. Uh, Udonis Haslam, Kyle Lowry, and Caleb Martin are all questionable here for uh, the Miami Heat here tonight. And Gabe Vincent is going to be out for this game here as well. Um, Chicago in their last game gave up 150 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They now go into South Beach against the Miami Heat, who have been a team that has absolutely struggled against the spread on their home floor. 10-19-2 overall against the spread, but they are just 3-11-1 against spread at home they are 310 and 1 against spread uh, as a home favorite um i've been trending towards the over in their home games where they are 10 and 5 um and uh, 10 and 5 at home and then 10 and 4 uh to the over as well as home favorites scott let me start with you on this game chicago going down to south beach to take on the miami heat what are you thinking about this game i know the heat are terrible against the spread at home but i'm going to take the heat I want nothing to do with Chicago right now. Chicago won the first meeting of the season. I get all that, but this team is completely just punting at this point. You had a very competitive game against the Knicks. You lost in overtime. You have an immediate rematch at home. You're hoping the team comes out motivated. They get blown out of their own building. It wasn't even close. I was on that game. 
it was it was rough. I was on the under in that game, which that which worked out well because the Bulls forgot to play basketball. But you're looking at the Bulls recently, then you figure, all right, you lost your two game uh, set there at home against the Knicks. So let's see how we do on the road, traveling slightly to Minnesota, and you proceeded to give up 150 points. Bulls no are cat, four and no eleven. Beer. Yeah, with a no-go bear. Well, that actually helps the 150. But yes, yeah, they, yeah, they, right. they were awful in that game. They've lost four straight. They are four and eleven on the road. They're eleven and eighteen straight up. I said they should blow up the team. I've said that publicly for at least a month at this point. Miami might be a bit short-handed with potentially no Lowry, but Jimmy Butler should be playing. And you're looking at Hero, who is still going to be in the lineup out of bio, still going to be in the lineup. I'm going to go with Miami. I think this one's too short. I want nothing to do with Chicago right now. Miami has been awful against the spread and all that stuff, but they've also been just kind of playing musical chairs with the injury lineup every game. Yeah. And now Jimmy Butler's actually playing, which helps. But I feel like the Bulls have either tuned out the head coach or they don't care. But the fact is they don't give quality effort. And Miami, despite the struggles, you can assume will have much better effort, especially after losing the first game to Chicago this season. I think Miami might smack them. But I want nothing to do with Chicago right now. It's Miami or pass. Yep. Delonte, uh, what do you got? Yeah, I'm 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 with you, Scott. Uh, I like I, this. I'm looking to fade both of these teams, honestly. Yeah. Because I think some people have Miami's power rating a little bit higher simply because of off you know priors and not off of this season's results. Right now, um, I want to fade Chicago more than Miami. So yeah, I guess Miami's the lesser of two evils. I'll take yeah. Miami. Yeah, absolutely. You ran both. Of you guys ran down. Uh, the ATS numbers uh, for both teams. Uh, like the only good thing that's coming out of Chicago is DeRozan's playing. DeRozan's still playing at a at a higher level. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach Levine's fell off a little, a little of a cliff. Um, Lonzo not being there actually hurts them even more because they don't have a lot of ball handling. Uh, Patrick Williams has been playing a lot better, but I mean a lot better to him is maybe from scoring six to seven points to you know nine to ten. But he's very good defensively, which is what they need from him. But in this matchup, I would look at Chicago team total under. Um, no matter what or who's in the lineup for Miami, they have been pretty consistent in playing defense. Uh, they are top 10 in points allowed per 100 possessions. Uh, they're turning people over, second in turnover position. I mean, turnover uh, percentage. Uh, they defend the three well. Uh, the only thing they, doesn't, they don't do well which uh, is a we'll get into a player props uh, in a second, but that's why I like DeRozan over. They don't defend the mid range very well, which is very odd. Now, analytically, that's not you know the right shot, quote unquote, but they don't defend it well. They are 23rd in long mid range defense, while the Bulls rank top five in long mid range percentage. And we all know that's a product of DeRozan being able to you know get whatever he wants from that free throw line extended. Uh, they also Miami's also 30th in uh, corner three point percentage allowed, so that could open up some Patrick Williams shots. Uh, like I'm just, I'll look at props in this game. I really don't want anything to do with either of these teams. I would lean to Miami simply because they're the better defensive team. Uh, Chicago doesn't have ball handlers, and Miami will be able to turn them over and get out in transition. And Miami doesn't look to run, but I'm pretty sure they'll be out in transition with some of these turnovers from Caruso. And uh, Ayo DeSumo and uh, Kobe White in this game. So I would look at Chicago team total under. And if I had to play the side, I would go with Miami. I think I'm just leaning Miami because I I just think they have more pride. 
I, I feels like Chicago is really the last two games, especially. I don't know how much longer the coach is going to last, but it really seems like they're showing early, early signs of a team that is really just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And Miami with Spolstra and company, they've not had a great start to the season. We're all aware of that. But at least they have some type of identity and they have a coach that we know is still an elite coach in the NBA. At least at some point, we're expecting Miami to figure it out, kind of. Maybe it's benefited mm-hmm. it out, but at least we know that they have a lot of warriors on that team that could kind of, you know, play better when they need to. I don't know if Chicago has that. DeRozan's really good. Levine's had the leg injuries. He's been horrible this year. And Vucevic has been a terrible trade. And I think Adebayo's a lot better than Vucevic. So I think Miami matches up decently against them. And Chicago... Went off. Am I overreacting, or does it really seem like it might be approaching DefCon One? Because Chicago's really showing signs that they just don't even care at this point. I, I think we talked about this yesterday as well. Is I, I, I really do think that Demar Derozan gets traded by the trade deadline. Um, they should trade everybody at this point. Yeah, I know they just paid Zach Levine over the summer. Maybe that would be a, a contract difficult to trade. But I think Demar Derozan is a guy that can give a team that's in contention or a team that's looking for an additional piece to put them over the top to be a championship contender. I think that's the type of player DeMar DeRozan is. I think that if they didn't have this guy last year, who was, I personally think that he was playing at an MVP lever in that first half Mm -hmm. of the season when Zach Levine was dealing with injuries. Um, He's a great, like Delonte said, he's a great mid-range guy. He can get to the basket. He can get to the free throw line. And I think that there's teams out there that can use the services. So, it, it, they, I, we talked about this a lot yesterday, Scott, and, they, and they, they, they had a vision for this team. It just hasn't worked out yet. I don't know if it's you know player personnel or you know guys not mm-hmm. playing well together. I, 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 saw, I, know you're being, I know you're being generous. It hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> it, it just yeah. hasn't worked. Yeah, it I mean, has. It's not going to work. Sure. It's over. And I think I, I saw a uh, post game interview yesterday, um, or was it yesterday the prior night with um, Goran Dragic saying that teams or players on this team are not sacrificing for the team. I mean, there's a lot of selfish guys, and I don't know if he was pointing that to Zach Levine or maybe somebody else. But it sounds uh, like Levine. But, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's it, it may be time to blow up this team as well. So I don't. I, I agree with Scott. I, I agree with you, Delonte. I don't want anything with, to do with the Chicago Bulls right now. Uh, I'm not going to be betting this game. Uh, I make me uh, make make me pick a game aside here. I would go with the Miami Heat here uh, in this game as well. Um. Player props, Delonte, what are we looking at? Uh, like DeRozan, 25 and a half points. Um, pointed okay. out the, the mid-range um, discrepancy for uh, Miami's defense and Chicago offensively. Uh, Jimmy Butler is likely to be matched up going back and forth between him and Levine. But either way, I think that DeRozan will be able to get to the line. He's good at drawing fouls uh, from that free throw line. It's just that the only thing that worries me is that he has to create more with them not having a true quote unquote point guard. I mean, Desumu is okay, but he's not seasoned enough to be able to deal with that Miami pressure and that defense. And Miami's returning home from a four game road trip. Uh, in that road trip, they won all four. Uh, so they have been trending upwards. It's just a matter of, you know, if Jimmy Butler's in the lineup consistently. If Jimmy Butler's in the lineup consistently, then I like this team because they. They feed off his energy, and Jimmy's going to bring it every night. Like, that's that's what he does. He's going to bring it every single night. And once that energy gets, you know, through all those guys, then everybody starts playing well. You see Tyler Hero start making jumpers. You see Bam start playing more confidence because he's more of a two and not of a, not a 1A, 1B type of player. So 
I, I like I like what Miami's doing, you know, maybe in the I guess moving forward, but I don't like them laying I don't this much this soon. I need to see more. I need to see a bigger sample size than just four games to be like, okay, I like this Miami team. Maybe they'll get a little bit healthier um in the future and you know we'll make some money off of them. But right now, I mean in this game, I would lean to them. Uh but other than DeRozan player props, I, I, I wouldn't look at anything else. Yeah, I Chicago also here on my on my uh stat sheet here, they're not very good at defending the three point line. Um they allow thirty seven point nine percent, which ranks number twenty nine. They also give up about thirteen point four makes per game, which ranks number twenty eight. Um, and they allow teams to jack up about 40.3 per game, uh, which ranks uh, uh, well below league average as well. So I'd probably look at, yeah, Tyler Hero props in this game. Scott, do you have anything as far as player props? You mentioned Hero. I was looking for threes. I didn't see them up, but I know his point total is a 20 and a half. I'd look to the over there. Yeah. I wanted to make a case for like Butler double-double or something kind of exotic, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to play because he's in yeah. and out of the lineup all the time. Mm-hmm. I like DeRozan too. I like that last night at 24 and a half. I know it's gone up a lot, but I mean, once again, if Goran Dragic, I know that he's a role player, but he's a veteran. If he's calling out your team for being selfish, it yep. means your team not only has on-the-court issues, but it means you're also not having the greatest chemistry as a whole. So yep. I think Chicago is a pure fate at this point. Yeah, uh, just got news. Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin have both been listed out for tonight. Uh, for you look for hero assist then or Butler assist because somebody's got to handle the ball. Yeah, I would probably go um, Jimmy Butler. If he, he, he He's probable tonight, so I, I'm looking at him because I know – uh, I was on him when they played the Rockets. I think we were on the triple-double in that game, or I was at mm-hmm. least, and he ended up with seven assists in that game. He had four the other night against the Spurs in a victory, five, four, and eight. So just depending on the, where the number comes out, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, maybe at, a points and assists combined. Yeah, look at Bam, uh, points, rebounds, and assists as well. Whenever Lowry's out of the game, he does more to facilitate him for Jimmy while Jimmy runs off the screens and post up on. So he'll be, they'll run a lot of uh, screen and roll with Jimmy and Bam, and that's pretty effective. And the uh, the dribble handoff with Hero, Bam and Hero got a great, they got a great connection. So I will look at Bam uh, points, rebounds, and assists. I know it's not out yet simply because they're just, we're waiting on some of those guys to get ruled in and out. But uh, I would look at that if it's, not too crazy now. If it's like thirty-two or thirty-three, I wouldn't. Anything in the low, in the low or mid to high twenties, I would go over that. All right. Anything else for this game, guys? Uh, I think that's all I have. Yep, that's all I got. All right. Too. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Washington Wizards. Had to take uh, on the Phoenix Suns in this game. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this matchup, I am seeing the Phoenix Suns open up as a seven and a half. Point favorite that number has been bent down to minus seven total open about 226 that number is up to 228 and a half starting to see some 229s pop up as well uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams let's start here with the washington wizards uh rui achimura continues to be out delante Wright we know is out as well johnny davis also out uh he's on g league assignment other than that pretty healthy squad uh for the phoenix suns they are in a back-to-back situations uh my guess would be that Chris Paul probably sits in this game um, and probably do get Devin Booker here tonight. I know he was questionable yesterday, but maybe them being on a back-to-back here tonight um, and LeBron, AD, and Westbrook not playing 
they probably didn't need him and they didn't need him. So maybe they, he's a go here tonight against the Wizards. Um, but if, again, definitely keep an eye out for the big three for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Delonte, let me start with you on this game. The Phoenix Suns hosting the Washington Wizards as a seven-point home favorite. Yeah, much like uh, Scott was saying with um, Chicago, I think it's pretty much time to get rid of everybody in Washington as well. Um, two and eight ATS last ten, zero oh and five straight up, and one and four ATS the last five, all as an underdog. Uh, they don't do anything well, to be honest with you. Um, so I want nothing to do with Washington. Phoenix has been playing a lot better, three and zero ATS and straight up the last three. Uh, Water still four and six ATS and uh, the, in the last ten. Um, it's kind of tricky with the lineup with Phoenix, uh, so I'm not sure what they expect. Like you, like you were saying, I would assume that CP3 would be sitting and Booker would be in. But two of the, well, three of the next four games, they get uh, Memphis in two and the Nuggets. So maybe they sit Booker and you know get him ready for that stretch. Or I'm, I'm not sure how they play it. But either way, it would be Phoenix or pass for me. I, honestly, I don't have much on this game. I mean, Washington's terrible. Like. I, they Washington may be the worst team in the league, and that's saying something. Like they got a lot of they they got a lot of decent players, but they just can't put it together for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Um Bill has came back and I mean Bill is what he is. He's gonna score, but he's not gonna do much else other than you know, that's gonna contribute to winning basketball games, uh, which is the main reason why nobody wanted to go out and trade for him or pay him that that money no. uh, other than Washington. Uh so I would lean to to Phoenix, um, especially if Booker is in and uh, CP3 is out. So, yeah, I, I don't have. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have much in this game. I just I would look to fade Washington as much as I could, but I just don't want to do it with Phoenix in this spot, being the, with that three game stretch they got uh, coming up. Scott, what do you got for this game? For me, it's all about the injury report. Uh, I feel like you need two of the three to play, either Chris Paul, Aiden, or Booker. You give me two out of three, I'll lay it with Phoenix because yeah. they are missing some bench pieces. So I do think they kind of need some of the starters to actually play in this game. It's a back-to-back, but they killed the Lakers. They got to bench most of their key guys in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm, I'm on Phoenix. Washington can't guard anybody. You could argue Phoenix team total might be good anyway because Washington's really not guarding anybody. But Beal's back now. Porzingis is still there. I just think that Washington can score. They can't do anything else, but I'm going to go with Phoenix. I am going to lean to the over. I think you could see a decent amount of points in this game. Phoenix could score 125. I don't think any of us would be surprised. Washington might score some because Beal is actually playing again and Porzingis can shoot. So I'll lean over, but Phoenix at home is really just insane. I'll go with Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix uh, for me in this game as well. Um, I mean, Scotty took the words right out of my mouth. If if we have at least two of the three guys going here tonight, um, I will definitely be all over Phoenix. And I think that uh, they'll be able to get whatever they want offensively. Defensively, this team has been okay uh, over the past five games, have been the uh, Washington Wizards. But it, this team, this Phoenix Suns team is just a different animal at home so far this year. Um, and over the course of since CP3 got to the Phoenix Suns, this team has just been an absolute monster um, as he's covering the spread uh, in that span. Uh, player props in this game. I don't think we'll see anything listed right now for the Phoenix Suns, but anything guys you were looking at for the Washington Wizards side, uh, Delonte, I'll start with you. Um, Will Barton threes made, uh, he's getting four. he's made uh four plus in three of the last five. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, and I mean, in, if they're, you know, in fringe blowout, he'll, he'll play a lot more minutes. Um, one of the, my favorite ones of 
the night is Mikael Bridges. Usually, you know, they don't have him out right now, but they usually line him at around like uh, between 17 and a half and 18 and a half, depending on who's in the lineup. Um, yeah. So I would play, I would play those numbers. Oh, I would play 17 and a half, 18 and 18 and a half over. Now, if it gets up to, you know, 19, 19 and a half, I, I wouldn't play it at all. But he's went over, he's went over in every game. Well, not over, but he's been over his threes made in every game in December, but one. And he's went over 18 and a half points in three of the last five. And in one of those games, he had 18. So he's, he's going to get more opportunities simply because if Booker's not playing or CP3 is not playing, the shot attempts have to go somewhere. They're not going to be pounding the ball in the eight. And uh, most of the, most of the time they're going to be running a gun in uh, with Washington. And one thing that Mikael Bridges does well is he shoots the corner three at a high level. He's inside the top 90 um, from corner three percentage. Uh, and the wizards allowed the way they are, are 23rd in corner three point percentage allowed and 27th in three point percentage allowed uh, overall. So I think Mikael Bridges will find himself in the corner uh, shooting a lot of threes. Like I said, he's 40, 42% on corner threes this year, and he's 40%, 40, I'm sorry, 47% on corner threes this year and 40% from three overall. So I think he'll find himself uh, in for a big night tonight. So I look at Mikael Bridges over 18.5 points and two and a half threes made. All right. Uh, Scott, you got any player props you like in this game? Uh, I, Chris Paul, if he's going into playing, I know I was kind of wrong about his breakout yesterday. I thought he'd have a lot of assists. I didn't think he'd score 28 points. I think based on how bad Washington is defensively, Paul could really walk into like 13 and 13 here. I still like the over on Paul assists. I'll go for a double-double, but there's no props up yet, so I have to wait. All right. Uh, let's get over to the last game of the night, probably game of the night here, guys. It's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies in the Mile High City to take on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the Denver Nuggets at minus two, and that line has actually flipped now to Memphis being favored here by minus one and a half. Total up at 233. That number's been bet up uh to 235 and a half starting to see some 236 and a half out there as well uh currently over on win bet it is at 235 and a half uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams start here with the road team the memphis grizzlies desmond bain danny green and kenneth uh lofton jr are all out for this game for the denver nuggets start with the questionable tags kcp questionable jeff green questionable and uh jamal murray questionable michael porter jr is doubtful and uh, Nikola Jokic is probable here tonight against this Memphis team. Scott, let me start with you on this game. Memphis favored by one and a half in the Mile High City, taking on the Denver Nuggets. What do you like about this game? I'm on Memphis. Uh, I saw it on the overnight, and I thought Memphis in general is the better team when both teams are healthy. Now Denver's not healthy, so I can't take the Nuggets. I know they're at home. I know there's altitude. I get all that. But you're looking at no potential uh, Jamal Murray. I know Murray hasn't been great this season, but at least he can create his own shot. Yeah. Caldo Pope's been a very good three-point shooter, so I think his absence would be noticeable. But I'm looking at Denver's overall depth, and I'm not a big fan. I know that Bones Highland's a really good bench player when it comes to scoring, but you're looking at the rest of their bench. Do you really like many other options that they have? Like I feel like their bench is mediocre at best, Memphis can just throw in a slew of guys, and they all are pretty good. I think Memphis is one of the best, if not the best, benches in the league, probably behind the Clippers. And you can make an argument that 
they're also going to be behind like New Orleans. But I think Memphis's bench is top five, like no questions asked. I think that you're looking at Ja, who should get whatever he wants because the Nuggets have no rim protection. You're looking at Memphis's depth and the fact that they are relatively healthy. I know Bain's still out, but he's been out for a couple weeks or a month at this point. Yeah, I'm on Memphis. I think Denver's missing too many supporting cast guys. Jokic might go nuts, but so can Morant. So Mm -hmm. I think they'll kind of be some balancing out there. Give me Memphis. I think the supporting cast is really where these teams separate themselves. Give me Memphis by like six. Uh, Dante, what do you got for the side? Uh, Yeah, I think both teams are somewhat in the same tier when healthy. Maybe Memphis, you can, I mean, it, it probably can be debated if Memphis is a little better than Denver or vice versa. I mean, I, I, wouldn't th- I think Memphis is a little bit better, but it's yeah, simply, yeah, simply because, I mean, like you said, you point out with the bench, like Denver doesn't have a deep bench and Memphis has, you know, nine, 10, 11 guys they can throw at you on any, any given night and they all play at that same level. So there's no drop off between like seven and nine. If you, I guess if you, depending on, you know, who you rank as, as those uh, players, but um, Memphis seven two and one ATS last ten. They do struggle on the road ATS. However, three ten and one um, on the road this season. Denver's three and seven ATS last ten. They have won four of the last five straight up. But as we discussed, they're a bit banged up right now. Um, they don't play defense really well. Uh, transition. They're 29th in points per one hundred possession in transition. Um, they're 30th in opponent rim percentage, meaning they don't defend the paint well, as Scott brought up. 28th in points allowed per 100 possessions. So all this bodes well for Ja to be able to get downhill and get in transition and go nuclear. So I'm looking at a lot of Ja props. Um, one thing that they, it's not readily available, so you can't really give it out, but uh, free throws made is something that I've been on with Ja in these type of situations in the big game. Uh, it's the last game of the. It's the last game of the night. He's going to look to get to the line. No rim protection. There's going to be a lot of fouls. Nobody can stay in front of him, uh, especially with KCP being questionable. Uh, he's the only defender, perimeter defender that I pretty much respect on um, on the I'm team. I'm trying to think of who would even guard him. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, Murray's not going to guard him. Yeah, so I, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they what they do. That that's one of the reasons. You throw why. Bruce Brown on him, and you just hope that he can stick. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but then if he gets in foul trouble, because Ja's going to get to the line. Like, I, there's no right answer. I'm just yeah. trying to think of who would get the primary matchup on Ja. But yeah, so maybe I mean, Brown? maybe. So uh, yeah, I, I like Memphis. I like Memphis here a little bit, but something that's kind of throwing me off is the fact that Denver, if they get if they get hot from three, and Memphis, they don't shoot the three as as well as some of the numbers indicate. I think that some of those numbers are a bit, you know, watered down because of, you know, blowouts and, uh, you know, bench players coming in. And and, B- and Bain was their best three-point shooter. Yeah, and he's and he's out. So that kind of it's, – it's kind of, you know, watered down with the numbers. So I think Denver, they, they're going to come out motivated, but it's just hard to back them being that you don't know who's going to play. You know, so if like if, like if Murray's out and KCP's out – it's kind of hard to to handicap the game, but all in all, I would probably just stay away. Um, both teams are incredible in the first quarter, so I would look at a first quarter over. Um, both teams are top uh, five in first quarter scoring, so if that numbers, uh, it should be maybe like 
59, 58, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, I didn't see it earlier when I looked. I don't know if you guys can help me out with it. That's that's usually what it would be if the total's yeah. in the mid 230s. Sure, I got yeah, it. so I, I can uh, see uh, 58 and a half. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I like that over. Uh, I think I could see 60 plus in both uh, from both teams. Uh, Denver and Memphis both start out hot. Um, they're top uh, four in first quarter margin. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's a fairly even game. Um, I kind of agree with the money shifting to Memphis simply because of injuries, injury concern. Uh, and in Memphis, another advantage they do have uh, is their first in points per game in the paint. And as we went over, Denver doesn't defend the paint well. Yeah. Um, so I, I would pass this game if I had to play it. I would probably just play Denver sh- just off strictly upside of those guys getting ruled in and you get a little bit of value uh, with them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Memphis here tonight myself. Um, I think the difference is going to be John Moran in this game and his ability just to get to the rim because what you just said there, Vontae, that Denver doesn't do a very good job of defending the paint. They are number 21, uh, allowing 51.2 points per game inside the paint, where Memphis is number one in the league at scoring points inside the paint. Um, and if they're able to uh, play good defense as far as defending the three-point line, I think Memphis should be able to uh, win this game uh, by a couple possessions here. So uh, I'm going to go with Memphis here tonight. Uh, one of my favorite props was actually John Morant here tonight. Uh, his number is currently sitting at, I believe it was 28 and a half as far yeah. as his points That's what I saw tonight. last night. I'm not sure yeah. if it went up or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 28 and a half minus 125 here tonight against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And again, you guys already talked about it. I think that he should uh, have an easy time getting to the basket uh, in this game and, and getting to the free throw line as well. So um, I, I like the Memphis side here. Um, any player props you're looking at here in this game, Scott? Yeah, I am looking at Steven Adams under uh, his current prop of eight and a half. Number sounds low, but historically against Denver, he's been really bad at scoring. And we know it isn't exactly attempt many shots in general. But to go through his last couple games against uh, Denver, these are the point totals. Two, four, eight, six, two, eight, four. So he's gone under this number in each of the last seven games. You might get into foul trouble guarding Jokic. We know that Memphis might want to play faster and try to run Jokic off the court, which I think is actually a decent strategy there. So you might see a little bit more of Clark, maybe even some Jaron Jackson at the five lineups. But Steven, Steven Adams at eight and a half. I think his weight is a little bit too high when he's gone under this number in seven straight against Denver. I'll take the under. All right. Uh, Delonte, any player props? Uh, other than Ja, um, I don't really have much simply because I don't – it wasn't a lot available for Denver um, in this game because of the injury concerns. Uh, I would look at – I like that uh, under by, um, by Scott uh, with Adams. Um yeah, I just don't have much. Which, like, Jai is one of my favorite ones over simply because matchup-wise, it's like a home run spot. And in prime time, we all know Jai is going to show up and show out. So other than Jai going over, I don't really have much uh, with it. I mean, Joker's props are going to be through the roof, and he'll probably just go over just because he's that good. But there's <clears throat> no value on him uh, right now. So I would just look at Jai over. I love Jai over. Uh, I didn't mean to take his steam on that, so sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, yeah, that is pretty much it. Anything else you guys get for this game? Not much. No, not really. No? No. All right. Uh, before we get into our lock, <clears throat> sorry, lock and dog for this uh, Tuesday night schedule, let me tell you guys about Dave. And, you know, look, we're at the time of, of the year where, you know, we're in the holiday season and we may be coming up a little bit short for gifts or there's just some expenses that we need to take care of before the year ends, whether it's catching up on bills 
or you know you have a car breakdown, whatever the case might be. That's what Dave here's Dave is here to help. And you know, with the holidays here, you might be wondering how you're going to be able to make ends meet and shower your loved ones with gifts. Dave can help you get that uh, and get you out of the pinch and just enjoy the holiday season. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or just struggling to make ends meet, the holidays may be a really stressful time. But Dave, you can get your money sooner, sooner so you can get more time enjoying the holidays with your loved ones and not having to worry about much money you have uh, to get through the week. Dave is a banking app that could get uh, that could help you get up to five hundred dollars instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, no late fees, no credit checks. There's more money to buy those last minute gifts, or simply just catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can finally tackle those expenses um, that you've been stressing out about without any hangups. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from the future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now or go to dave.com slash SGPN and sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, gentlemen, let's get into our lock and dog for the Tuesday schedule, five-game schedule here uh, in the NBA. Scott, why don't you lead us off, my man? You're coming off the sweep. What's your lock and dog for tonight? So even though we have five games on the card, I'm actually looking at two plays from the same game uh, for my lock and dog. Uh, My lock's going to be Memphis uh, minus the one and a half, or you take the money line at like minus 125, whatever you want to take. But I really think Memphis is a bad matchup for Denver. Denver, we talked about how bad they are at defending the paint. They're also going to be a bit shorthanded because they are going to be potentially missing Jamal Murray and Caldwell Pope, and they might get into a bunch of foul trouble trying to stay in front of Ja. But Memphis, I think, has a very good overall supporting cast. Denver, I can't say the same about. And I think Memphis is going to be annoyed. Ja got ejected last game questionably. They lost on the road to OKC. I think they might enter this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. So I'll go with Memphis on the money line or minus one and a half. I think they win this game by at least five. All right. And what do you got for your dog? So I'm going to stick with the same game. I'm going to take John Moran, 35 plus points at plus 270. I think it's a great price. Uh, Looking at the last meeting against Denver, he had 38 points back in January of last year. But it's mostly based on the lack of rim protection. I know that we talked before briefly, if you could find free throw props. I don't think I've ever been able to find that, but if you can, John might go to the line 15 times. It would really not surprise me, but he's going to get downhill. You know that Denver can't do anything against him, and I think Josh should really have a great opportunity to cook in this game. It's also a national TV game. We've seen Josh kind of show out in these games before in front of a mass you know, market. I think Josh could go for 40 tonight, but I think 35 at plus 270 against a team that has no guards that can stay in front of them and that has no rim protection. It's really a match made in heaven. I'll go with Jaw, 35-plus points at plus 270. All right, love it. Um, so recap Scott's pick. He's taking Memphis. Uh, take your pick, whether that's the spread or the money line here tonight. And then his dog is going to be John Morant to score at least 35 points at plus 270 against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Delonte, lock and dog, my man. What do you got? Uh, starting off with the lock, I'm going to go with the first game on the board. First game we discussed, uh, I'm going to go to Utah Jazz, minus 2.5 uh, against Detroit. You're not taking um, the Knicks? 
Come on, man. Man, listen. <laughs> I, listen. I, I don't want to do that to my man real. Every time I bet on the Knicks, it's, I'm wrong. So I don't want to bet on him and they lose it. And he's coming up here with you tomorrow and he, he's throwing his hat or, or whatever. There's no sympathy for Terrell right now because he's enjoying himself on a cruise. I was going to say, right if it makes now. you feel any better, I, I don't think Terrell's going to be on the show tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You I might know, buy yourself some time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. But I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the uh, the Jazz right now. Uh, bounce back spot for them. Uh, revenge angle. Um, all those things are in play uh, with this team. I think that uh, they come out and score. They, they might go for 130, 135 against this Detroit defense. Uh, so I like Utah to bounce back in this spot. Um, for my dog, uh, I seen that uh, Julius Randle double-double is back at plus money. So it's, black, it's back at plus 105. So I'll take that as my dog. I think Julius Randle has a monster night tonight. Uh, so that you know that'll that'll balance out the the Knicks play for you, Scott. <laughs> All right. So recap: uh, Delonte's pick. He is going with the Utah Jazz minus two and a half as his lock. And then for his dog, uh, we've got Julius Randle double double at a plus money price here against the Golden State Warriors. Um, all right, guys, for my lock, I'm going to go with the player prop here. Uh, Jalen Duran over 10 and a half rebounds. Really like that. That's the first play I made uh, this morning when I saw that. Um, you know, we talked about it, how, how great he's been rebounding the basketball. Um, it's just a matter of him getting the minutes, and he's been getting that for the Detroit Pistons at that center position. Uh, over the last five games, he's averaging 13.8 rebounds. He's averaging close to 30 minutes per game in, those, in that span as well. And he's gone over this projection of uh, 10 and a half in, let's say, five, six straight games, is it? Yeah, uh, for the uh, Detroit Pistons. So Jalen Duran over 10 and a half rebounds as my lock here for tonight. Uh, for my dog, not a lot of dogs uh, that I do like here tonight. Um I think I hated basically every team that was an underdog tonight. Yeah, I yeah. did. I did too. So, like, I just uh, it, it was just no value for. It. I mean, the only thing I would like side I would go with would be Denver. I mean, simply just off of sheer. I don't like anything else, but I mean, Denver is probably the most. You know, I guess I I, I went the player proper out. Whatever. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's exactly me, what I did. I just I didn't see much value in it. Let me find an alt line on the Detroit Pistons. You guys see the Miami game is getting somebody's pounding uh, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell is going on. But it hasn't uh, dropped enough where you automatically assume Jimmy's not playing. Because if he wasn't, if there were rumors about that, it would have dropped to two by now. Yeah. So but yeah. if it does, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna wait and see how low it gets, and I'll just bet Miami. Oh, that's the point. So I'm saying there's clearly yeah. information or something, but it hasn't dropped enough where I'm assuming the star star players for Miami's not gonna play. Yeah. Yeah. Um. For my dog, let's go Jazz minus four and a half at plus 115. You can find that over uh, on WinBet right now. Uh, I think this is a good smash spot, especially for the uh, offensive bounce back here tonight against a Pistons defense that has not been doing very well uh, this season or over the course of the last you know uh, 10 games. And for whatever reason, they play better defense on the road and they just do not show up at home. And also we pointed out that they are in a revenge spot here when Detroit came into their building and beat them. And now Utah going into the Motor City uh, there uh, in Detroit and looking to get, uh, oh, sorry, avenge that spot against the Detroit Pistons. So minus four and a half, plus 115 uh, for my dog here tonight. Um, I, you guys were talking about the Bulls game there. I'm probably that move like half a point because Cal Lowry was ru- ruled out with Caleb Martin, but 
it's down to minus four is what I see. Yeah, I see a couple three. I see a couple three and a half. I mean, not many, but I see a couple. So I, I think it's kind of trending that way. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. Like, okay. you know, I mean, Kyle Lowry. I mean, he ain't moving the needle that much. Yeah, I don't, I would, think, I don't think he should. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I mean, and the way the Bulls have been playing, I I don't know who the hell is bit. Maybe. Maybe Jordan's got some money on this game. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'll guess Barkley. There we go. Yeah, there we go. All right, if Barkley's on it, then I'm going with my. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, uh, that's gonna do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast for this Tuesday night schedule. Um, Jelante, anything else you want to get off your chest, my man? Uh, before we get out of here. Uh, nah, man. Good show from you guys. Uh, look forward to cashing in um, with our plays. I got an article, a best bet article for player props coming uh, in a few. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, it'll be up in a second. Um, other than that, man, good luck to everybody. Get the best number. Hey, let's break them off. Yep. Uh, Scott, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, apologies. I didn't take another plus 850 super dog, but <laughs> settle for the Morant uh, plus 270, and we'll see what happens. Stay tuned for tomorrow. Maybe we uh, Scott can dig one up as well because Hornets are on the schedule tomorrow. Who are they playing? Clippers. Oh, if Zubac is in, oh, I know God. he's been out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Zubac might have another twenty something piece if he's yeah. uh, if he's back. Okay. Yeah. So look at Plumley in that game too. Yeah, tune in tomorrow for that show. All right, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Uh, follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Make sure to follow Delonte as well at XXLONTEXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXX